Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Gershon. That's funny. That's funny. Taylor Whitlow, former QB for the Cats, man. How's everybody doing? Doing pretty well, man. Doing pretty well. Donovan Mitchell, uh, I don't think anyone on the Knicks could guard him, but maybe I can. (laughs) Yeah, they they even that up. So, yeah, y'all still going? Yeah, dude, I... I was all, you know, it's funny. Last night I was going to, I was debating going to cover the UK baseball game. And I was like, you know, I'll do it at home because I got the Yankee game. I got the, a Nick playoff game. I, I like playoff hockey and I'm a devil's guy. So they're playing Ooh. and I stayed home for all of them to lose. So just wasn't my, just wasn't my night last night. So, you you know, you covered the win over Xavier from home yeah. and the rest were losses. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So you're not a Rangers guy? I figured, you know, you was New no, York everything, it's, man. it's only because my cousins played for, like, the youth New Jersey Devils teams, like, at the Prudential Center and everything. So mm. there's family ties that have won them over for me. So New York, you know, you got the one pretty much across the board. You got the popular team everybody likes, and then the other one got the inferiority complex. The Knicks, right. the Knicks Nets, Yankees, Mets. Is Rangers Islanders like that, too? Yes. Yeah, okay. definitely. No, uh, the Islanders have a great fan base because they're literally Long Island's team. So um, I would say they probably have they have a, they have a great, really good fan base, but definitely the other ones are kind of like the little brothers. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, good stuff, man. Good stuff. So, I mean, game three going back to the Garden. Donovan Mitchell goes back to New York. So yep. that's that's gonna be. And they got a little more physical. Cleveland tried to get as physical as the Knicks because y'all y'all beat them up the first game, and so now this this third game, and you know Julius Randle in there late getting undercut, and so that's that's gonna be some chippiness. He shouldn't have been in there. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be some chippiness going into to game three. So it's gonna be fun. It should be it. fun. Yeah, that's gonna be a seven game series, I think, or at least six. That I never anticipated the Knicks steamrolling or the Cavs steamrolling so while last night was disappointing it wasn't exactly a surprise mm-hmm. exactly um and look man Kentucky fans y'all got guys doing it look the Kings out there Fox mm-hmm. and Monk are taking it to the Warriors hey. <laughs> hey, yeah Fox, Fox looking hey hey he bought that he I knew he would be good but I, I you know I didn't know he was gonna be able to you know <laughs> He he doing his thing, man. I mean, it's they they don't have an answer for him. They don't no. they don't they don't have an answer for him, man. They I think they may win it. I think they may not win it at all, but I think they're gonna I think they're gonna beat uh the Warriors in the seven game series. I think and they're they, gonna win they, that series too. They may beat them three one. Mm. They beat them three yeah. one. Um well, I gotta go they, four now though. Gotta get four now. But yeah, uh, they got it. They got to steal. I mean four one. I'm sorry, four yeah. one. My bad. Four yeah. one. Uh, and they gotta steal I, tomorrow's game. With yeah, Draymond yeah. out. Yeah, they definitely mm-hmm. got to take that. 
which is going to be hard to do still because, yes. you know, they're playing in Golden State. But mm-hmm. I don't know, man. The way Monk is playing too, and, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, I like watching them, man. They they excite. I don't really watch NBA like that, but I like watching them. They, they kind of bring that college feel almost to the game where, you know, they just running and gunning. I like it. Yeah. So fast, the tempo. So fast, the fastest team in the league, man. And it's, yeah. you know, and Draymond, man. Look, y'all wasn't around for Duke, Kentucky '92, but but Christian Leitner stomped the mean Timberlake. Draymond pulled a Leitner. He can say what he want about I'm not flexible, and he grabbed that leg. He did grab your leg. He did grab the leg. <laughs> he did. He did. But you, but you don't have to bait. react that way. You yeah. took the bait. And yep. look, you've been doing this kind of stuff for a long time. Back six, seven years ago, you was kicking everybody in the junk and you got suspended for that and cost yep. your team probably a championship. So, you know, you your reputation, look, most of the time maybe they kick him out and that's it. You got sus- you got kicked out of a playoff game, suspended for the next one. Your team already on the ropes. I don't know, maybe they do like Memphis and do better without you. They the Memphis Playing better without job right oh, now. Oh, they're balling so, tonight. Yeah. So maybe that'll be the case for Golden State without Draymond. So I don't know. But you, I'm not buying what you're trying to sell, Dre, about, you know, <laughs> I, I couldn't step in here. Man, we, come on, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Nah, he's, he's kind of proven to be a little bit of a dirty player. So, uh, they're, they're going to be pretty sensitive when something like that happens and, uh, yeah. they're, they're, they're going to penalize you. And yeah, I, th- I been, thought. I mean, I thought he got he definitely got grabbed and it almost oh, yeah. one one angle almost looked like you know Sabonis tried to twist that thing a little bit too. Um, but you know, we we know what to expect from Draymond Green. I mean, I, I, I don't know, I don't know what's all the outrage about. We know who he is by now. Like this is a guy who slept his own teammate in the you know in practice. I mean, <laughs> I mean, this we know who we know exactly who Draymond is. I actually like watching Draymond because you never know what you're gonna get. Uh, and this it's good for TV. I bet ESPN love it. I mean, the ratings are probably going crazy right now. <laughs> and you know, he the emotional guy. He the leadership guy. He's one of the leaders. He's been there for a long time. We got four rings, just like Steph and Clay. But he always he always toes the line, and then sometimes he crosses it. He's crossed it before, and he kind of crossed it uh, the other night. If yeah, if you just take your ejection and just walk on off, maybe you're playing tomorrow. But when you out there saying what you saying to the crowd, and you know that's that's probably and yeah, the commit no. the commissioner sitting right there too, so they <laughs> they, they had to be like, hey, hey, go ahead, and let's go ahead and sign off and go yeah, ahead, he don't, and sit him don't. down for a game, yeah. So when he said that, when he said when he everybody caught him too, he said the p word. I was like, yeah, it's a wrap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yup, <laughs> you read his lips talking to the crowd. So yeah. and. You know, hanging around on the court. I'm not saying it was going to get there, but, you know, the, nobody wants the replay of the mouse in the palace. Nah. And you got guys hanging out and, you know, getting the crowd charged up and you're not leaving the court, you know, quote, timely manner or whatever. You don't want something to escalate. Just, you know, so they're trying to, nah. they're trying to, you know, tone all that down and, and keep that from getting to that level. But these playoffs are fun, man. The injury bug is, you know, it's all about who's healthy. I know we talk more NBA than we thought, but it's cool, though. The injury bug, you know, you had, um, look, the year Toronto won with Kawhi Leonard, 
Golden State was hurt, you know. Oh yeah. KD towards Achilles, Clay hurts his knee. Yeah. This the first game of all these series. Giannis gets hurt. Tyler Hero breaks his hand. Ugh. Bob Morant gets hurt. Anthony Davis goes out with a stinger, saying, I can't move my arm. He comes yeah. back. He's yeah. playing tonight somehow, yeah. All these stars who were getting hurt left and right. So you don't know from one game to the next, one series to the next, who's going to be there. You might think so-and-so going to the finals. Hey, a couple of guys get hurt and, you know, at the wrong time and they're not available. Yeah, I thought that was the weirdest thing, man, with all those guys getting hurt and sick like that. But you hate to see – you hate to see – You do, yeah. Man, because – I mean, everybody watch. I mean, the the NBA is a players' league. I mean, we're we're watching it because everybody want to watch Curry, LeBron, AD, Giannis, Hero. I mean, that's what that's why we're watching. So, you hate to see that because you want to see everybody at full strength competing against each other. You don't want to see, you know, a team now a team has an excuse. Uh, we didn't have so and so. So, so you <laughs> yeah. know, we hate to see that. But uh, um, you know. Like I said, it, it, they're they doing a good job of making this thing entertaining, though. I'm usually not not disengaged at this time, but uh, it's, it's been entertaining. And like I said, the Kings are the Kings are a blast to watch right now. So much fun to watch. They're, so they're much real, fun. You know, real Jalen in. Got- they, yeah, they they they, they, <laughs> they reel me in. You know, I'm not watching all like the full games, but I'm checking in more than I usually. I usually watch the finals though. The finals when I, mm-hmm. usually, I I tune in for the finals, but they reel me in, man. Hook line singer, they got me. Because, you know, with all the all the antics and uh, and, and the Kings doing their thing, man, they, they got me. And like you said, you, we watch the players. Aaron, I know you can attest to this being a baseball guy. Yeah. You know, I like the All-Star game is fun. It's cool, especially when you, you know, back when you had Pedro striking out all those guys. You know, you, you used to see matchups, pitchers and hitters that you would never see. But come the ninth inning, with home field for the World Series on the line, you would get like the Pirates closer against a backup utility <laughs> guy for the Royals because all the heavy hitters had already played. So you have these two dudes nobody knows are deciding who gets home field in the World Series. So with all these guys getting hurt, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, oh, we, the guys we tune in to see, we're not getting to see. But, you know, hopefully they can, you know, get healthy. You know, AD was able to avoid it. Yeah. Maybe Giannis can come back in a game or two and, and you know, get Milwaukee back. But, you know, it's it's been fun. It's been fun to watch these playoffs. Uh, the, the main emphasis of this episode is, of course, going to be the portal popping. But we got a little NBA in first. But yeah. this portal is is open and popping. And, you know, spring games have happened for those who weren't having maintenance done to their field. <laughs> Everyone else. <laughs> so that's where we are right now. <laughs> yeah, everyone else in the country. Uh, it's wild. But yeah, no, it's a free agency part two. And I, I, I are there still some spring games this weekend? I, I'm not, I know in the yeah, I think yeah, we're Bama. done in the SEC. Bama, Bama plays this weekend. Oh, Bama's still. Okay. Yeah. Uh, somebody else. Colorado, I think, is that. I can't wait to watch that because yeah. not even because I don't, I don't know how good they're going to be or not going to be this year, but it should be electric. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I've been keeping up with the Colorado thing, and I, I, I'm not even joking, guys. I can walk down to the local high school right here and find bigger players than what they have. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I don't think they're going to be good this year, now. They, I mean, they look tiny out there. I don't know what <laughs> – I don't know what they got. They, I mean, they um, obviously, they got like nine players in the portal right now, so they're going to, you know, they're going to hit the portal yeah. pretty hard. Oh, yeah. And, and, and rightfully so, man. They look like 
they look like high school kids. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And everybody's in the comments saying it too. It, they it, look they, like a team look, that went one eleven last year. <laughs> yeah, and, and and I I I'd be shocked if they win three games this year. They just that they that got is a tough a, schedule. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough schedule. You got TC off the bat, which I think TCU is going to beat you by twenty one plus. You got Nebraska week two. Yeah, yeah you, <laughs> Nebraska's going to be well. You know, I I don't even want to say Nebraska's going to be improved because I'm a Scott Frost guy, and and Nebraska is. Nebraska wasn't bad the past couple of years. They just lost a lot of close. Oh, games. they choked. They yeah, yeah. they, they, just, they I, were, yeah. They were like I saw Ryan Day recently. Ryan Day had an interview with but I think busting with the boys or whatever they call it. Yeah, oh, they're awesome. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. And, Will and, Compton. Yeah, and Ryan Day said that that was the best. What were they three and three and nine or two and ten? Mm -hmm. He said that was the best three and nine, yeah. three and nine team he's ever seen. He said yeah. it was, it's a battle when you play Nebraska. And I was like that because I watch Nebraska because like I said I'm a Scott Frost guy. I like what he did on offense. I followed him from Oregon. You know, just yeah. checking out, you know, what he did at UCF. And I was like, man, he can coach football. He just, you know, I don't know what was going on at, at Nebraska. They were yeah. right there against the best teams in the country, Michigan and Ohio State, you know, a yeah. few times. So I don't I don't know what was going on. But like I said, they got they don't have a bad roster at Nebraska either. I mean, they got a, is, is about about as good as a roster that you're going to get at Nebraska at the end of the day. Now, I'm sure it can get a little bit better with the transfer portal NIL, but um, you know, you're not gonna get, you're not gonna be top ten in recruiting in Nebraska. I just don't, I don't yeah, see that. Not anymore. Back in the day. Same thing with Colorado. Now, Colorado gonna make some huge leaps because of Dion or whatnot. But you know, like I said, going back to the point, you know, with Alabama and you know uh, Colorado playing this weekend, everybody's gonna be tuned in in Colorado, and I can't wait to go on Twitter and type in Colorado and read all the uh, the, the, the tweets. Because they're gonna be like, man, this team. Oh, they're gonna shred them. Yeah, this team looks ridiculous. Like they don't, you know. So they're gonna hit the transfer portal pretty hard. Um, and whatever happened to Cavassier Smoke? Did he go to Colorado? He he's committed, oh. but he's not a. He didn't enroll for spring. So I wonder because you could still you can be a summer enrollee. It's just very uncommon that you get that with uh with transfers like that. I remember last year, Kentucky had that wide receiver from Alabama. Uh, yeah. and he was signed and he never yeah. ended up enrolling. He ended up, uh, it was a academic issue. He ended up at UCF. So I wonder what, what's going on there for sure. Yeah. I wonder what's going on with that, but, but anyway, uh, yeah, you know, so, you know, that portal is going to be going crazy and I'm, I'm anxious to see, and I, I sent you guys a message about the message to see what happened with the tackle from Texas A&M. Uh, mm -hmm. Man, there's a there's a couple good names like well, uh, North, Carolina, yeah. North Carolina just had a big time DB enter the portal uh, today. So there's there's going to be some big names enter, especially after Saturday. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens, man. I think I think Kentucky will attract some good players. Um, you know, hopefully, you know they get they get a couple of linebackers and add some depth in that room. Yeah. So right now you're up with Andre Stewart hitting the portal. You're up to four scholarships. So. Yeah, it's almost pretty. It's, it's pretty surprising, honestly, to me that we've only had one so far. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I think what till the thirtieth, so we should have that. That number should tick up a little bit. But right now, four spots, and I do. It's kind of been talked about, so I'm not really breaking any news here. But Cortland Ford, the offensive tackle from USC, he's visiting tomorrow. That's like, <laughs> I don't know. I get. I don't know exactly what the connection is, but that's kind of been a name that's already was floating around before he hit the portal. Now he's in the portal. He's visiting tomorrow. That could be done tomorrow, from what I've heard. So you should have your starting right tackle already. I mean, possibly. 
And then you looked at that, and you look at the fact they already offered that offensive guard from Wyoming. He's got a long list. Uh, the linebacker from Jackson State, safety from Rhode Island. So you already have a pretty good idea of what positions they're targeting, though. I will say it was interesting to me that you know they joined the the list for that uh, offensive guard. I, I thought the interior uh, was pretty much solved. I mean, Jagger Burton, from what I saw, was getting better at center. The coaches have been really high on him with that. Um, Eli Cox and Kenneth Worsey are back, but Tanner Bowles being the backup guard. So I'm kind of curious what's up there. If they saw something that maybe just has gone unreported or we didn't quite see as um, just watching them. Uh, But the other positions all make sense. I mean, the DB, they have three deep at safety, but after that, there's a drop off Uh, cornerback. They really don't have, you know, you're probably gonna have to play Andrew Phillips in the nickel. So the outside slot, you're, you still want some depth there. And then linebacker, like Jalen said, I mean, that position gets so beat up and you can't afford to have just two guys there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And just to backtrack, Nebraska-Colorado game two of the season. Yeah. Matt Rule, Deion Sanders at Boulder. Yes. With, I mean, Colorado's tiny. Two first-year coaches. What, That's gonna be what, fun, what are we man. Thinking, man, what y'all think? Old school okay. rivalry too. Yeah, yeah. Old big, big I love, days. Yeah, me. I love the the like I loved watching Nebraska Oklahoma play. Like I like the that old was fun. School, you know rivalries. I would love to see Texas and Texas A and M. Like I would love to see those teams play. But I got I got uh I got Nebraska curb stomping them. Yeah. Uh, have y'all I, have y'all ever been to Lincoln before? I've never been to Lincoln. I love. Oh. I, the place I want to go now is Boulder, though. Boulder. Oh, I know. Me Boulder. too. It looks so sick. <laughs> no, but Lincoln, I mean, look, it's Nebraska. I'm not trying to be mean when I say that. So there's not much like, but that football, that place is unreal football-wise. Unreal. And they've sold out every game since like the 60s. Uh, the crowd is amazing. The venue's amazing. The campus is cool. That is like. If you just want to go to a place for college football and like do nothing else outside of drink, uh, that is the place you got to go to. It is awesome. When were you out there, man? Uh, I've been there 2016, I believe it was. Wow. What game? Did, what game did you go to? Oregon. To Oregon. I believe that was that year. Uh, uh, Nebraska. They were both ranked in. Uh, I think it was 2016. Tommy Armstrong led Nebraska to a win that year. Nebraska got all the way up to like seven that year under that. Uh, Mike Riley. Yeah. I hadn't heard Tommy Armstrong. But yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, like I said, I want to go out to Boulder one day, uh, check that out. But I do think, uh, I don't think Colorado's roster is ready for, uh, you know, we can say what we want to say, but Nebraska's team and roster has been through a lot. And they, they got some, you know, they got some tough guys. They got some guys who have competed with Michigan and Ohio State on that roster. Um, they got a they got a roster that's going to compete really hard. And that's coming from, you know, they ha- I think they had a good culture with Scott Frost. Obviously, they didn't win the games, but the culture seemed to be good uh, from what the players were saying. Because I was watching all the interviews because I was interested in what was going on. And, you know, for whatever reason, it just wasn't getting done on the, on the field on game day. But. Um, I, I don't think I don't I think Colorado is another transfer portal cycle after this year after this cycle away from being you know a solid team talent wise and you still got to put it all together. Um, 
But I think they got good coaches. I like who they got yep. at coordinator. Uh, he used to be a coach at East Illinois, Sean Lewis. Uh, oh, he's great. Yeah, they they were really building something at Kent State. Yeah, he was doing a, a really good job. I mean, his offenses were really exciting to watch. They kind of do a little bit of that Baylor stuff, you know, a lot of you know the deep choice stuff, uh, tempo, which is fun to watch. But you know, kind of what Tennessee's doing too. But they kind of add their own spin to it. But I just think I just think Colorado. Colorado's gonna be a tough year for them, man. If they if they win three games, they should be proud of that because they they their roster doesn't allow them to win any more than that, in my opinion. Yeah, not with that schedule, man. Yeah. So long term, you said another transfer portal cycle, and then you factor in to me, I think, which helps them. You know, USC and UCLA yeah. leave that conference, and you know, Boulder is a cool place, attractive place. You guys want to go there. We all want to go there. And so no doubt recruits would want to go there. And mm. then you have to, so I think that helps them, you know, come here and, and still play in the big uh, Pac-12, whatever it's going to be called. Uh, so long-term, y'all see him kind of getting it rolling there. Yeah. I think he's just too good at what he does. And so, yeah. It's who he is. I mean, I, you know, it's a guy that guys are going to want to play for and, uh, obviously, it went amazing at Jackson State. They probably would have beat some, you know, not you know, group of five teams in the in the in the FBS. So, uh, yeah, I think he'll get that thing going. But I, I think more obviously the roster he's inheriting is awful. But that's you mentioned. We've talked about Nebraska, but TCU week one and some of the games they just have in that conference. I mean, the Pac-12 was better last year. I know it didn't. They didn't get a playoff spot, but it was a better conference last year uh, than it had been the last couple. So it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to turn that one over uh, overnight. Yeah, and I think we got to take into account uh, what Oregon is doing. I mean, yep. Oregon is doing really well. You still have UCLA, USC in there this year. Utah. Uh, Utah is the best, the most consistent Pac-12 team in the past probably five years. Yeah. Um, you know who else I'm missing? Arizona State. Arizona State, State with the new coach. Yeah, yep. and I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be a star. Yeah, you Kenny Dillingham. Yeah, I don't know if he gets it done at Arizona State, but I think he'll get opportunities elsewhere after Arizona State. I think he's going to be a good coach. I really like yeah. what he. And I think U Dub is on the rise too. I mean, yeah. they had a really good offense. They had one of the best offenses in the country. Arguably, arguably, a potential Heisman candidate. Oh yeah, at U Dub. I mean, he he's a guy who should have. Yeah. In my opinion, I agree. He completely balled out, and he's coming back. They got guys coming back this year. Uh, yeah. so the the pack the pack twelve is no is no slouch, man. You know, it's not the SEC, oh. but I think it's I think it may be this coming year. The pack twelve could make an argument for being the second best conference, just it's, it's, preseason wise. I think you know you're gonna have a Big Ten with Ohio State, Michigan, mm-hmm. uh, Penn State. Oh. But really, but really outside of those three, you know who who else? No you know, one. You know, there's nobody really who can take this. But the Pac-12 going to have Wisconsin's going to be back. Fickle going to get Wisconsin back. Yeah, I think so. Eventually, eventually, Mm -hmm. eventually, yeah, yeah. Because they got, I mean, they got a roster where they're used to lining up at 23 personnel, so they got to turn that thing over, man. So they they hired uh, they hired um, Long. uh, What's his name? Uh, The OC that came from uh, North Carolina. Uh, You know, they hired. hired, He's an air raid type guy. Yeah, they they right, right, right. Yeah, you got to turn that roster over a little bit. But mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, you look at the Pac-12, you got USC, UCLA, who was pretty good last year, UW, who's good. You got Utah, who's been the mainstay in the yeah. uh, Pac-12. 
Um, you got Arizona State with a new coach. You got Oregon, who's always I think Wazoo was a bowl team last year too. Yeah, Wazoo was a bowl team. Eight so, games. Yeah, like I think so. From top to bottom, I mean, you know, who knows what the Big Twelve is going to have? But from top to bottom, I mean, you can make an argument that the Pac twelve preseason wise maybe the second best conference. Better than yeah, that's not. I mean, from top to bottom, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that I, I'm trying to think about the Big Twelve. I think Texas should be really good, but they're Texas. We never know. Uh, Oklahoma, obviously, but I mean Baylor, TCU. I don't, I don't know. I don't think TCU is going to do what they did last year. Uh, they should be good, but not that good. So yeah, I, I could, I could definitely see that. So the Big Ten people are going to riot based wow. on what y'all said. They, oh, just look there? at what. Oh, look at uh, look at what. Ha- other than the first year of the playoff, look at what's happened every year since. I mean. <laughs> Look, TC again. I I don't want to discredit what TCU did last year. I I think it was great for college football because okay. it gives you that dream, like oh my god, we could do it too. Yeah. But TCU was the fourth best team on paper in that playoff, and they they put fifty one on Michigan now. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I I don't know about the Big Ten. I don't really want to hear it till they win one. And I saw you know Ohio State. And- Ohio State kicked a field goal. They could have been beating TCU by thirty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know these. You know these. These Big Ten defenses are so well. You know they they're great statistically, but that look at the offenses they're playing against. Man, <laughs> they're horrible. I mean, especially in the Big Ten West. Like you know, Iowa. We've seen it firsthand twice now. <laughs> that that defense is legit. That that defense can hang with almost anybody. But if you're talking like Illinois' defense. Talking like Minnesota's defense, they're always highly ranked. Uh, I I just don't see it. Like if you put them in the SEC or you put them in even the Big Twelve with those offenses, they're going to get boat raced. I mean, I just I don't buy the Big Ten for a second. And U- USC, I think, might be a very good influence on the rest of the Big Ten. Uh, that they're going to go out and score points, and I think they're going to go put points on all these teams, and they're going to realize, oh crap, uh, we got to score some more in this conference. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm one to believe that if Ohio State beats Georgia, TCU potentially beats Ohio State. I think so too. Uh, because, I, and I say that because I don't think Ohio State's defense is like allergic to tackling. Just no, like they can't USC. stop a nosebleed. Uh, you know, and that's why that's why USC is going to have a hard time in the big in the Big Ten, in my opinion, because they are they are allergic to tackling the ball carrier. They do not. They do not. Even the spring game. Did y'all check out the spring game highlights? Yeah, they can't tackle. They don't. They don't want to tackle. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like if I'm Lincoln <laughs> Riley, I'm. Start, I mean, you got to start looking at Lincoln Riley now. You know, are you really cut out to do this? Because he still I mean, is Alex Grinch still there too? They yeah. still have. Yeah, he's been the he's been his yeah. DC forever now. Come come hell or high water, man. I mean, yeah, you got to get your defense to tackle. Even if you're giving up big plays in the pass game, we got to tackle people. But I did think it was funny because. I checked Twitter and I was looking through and uh, they had the numbers. ESPN had the numbers of like, like spring game attendance and Ohio State was one. And I forgot it was another Big Ten team, too. Uh, I forgot I'll get it was. for you. Penn State, maybe. Penn State was two, I think. And uh, they were, the people in the comments were like, ha-ha, SEC who? It just means it's more. It's a spring ha, game, ha, bro. Ha. I'm like, man, y'all y'all tripping. <laughs> like, y'all, you know, y'all know, y'all, y'all know what's going on, man. Maybe because the SEC fans know a spring game's a spring game. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Jay, let's saw you tweet. And we, of course, we, since we didn't have one, we got to get to some of those yeah, other they, observations. They, they, Kentucky's robbing us, man. <laughs> they robbing us. 
Oh, it sucks, dude. I, I just, I love, I love spring games as a, it helps so much with coverage. It does yeah. suck. We did get robbed. So, the idea that Hugh Freeze threw out there, I saw you tweeting about Jalen about, you know, the scrimmage or playing somebody else for your spring mm. game. Auburn, Troy, Alabama, UAB, mixing and matching. You said you seem like you were for that. Oh, I'm all for it. You know, like I said, it's the only sport where you can't go out and test yourself before the season mm. actually starts. I mean, I, I think that's ridiculous. I think you should have worst case scenario. You do like the NFL, and you have a you have a, a two day window where you can have joint practices, or a three day window where you can have joint practices. So on Monday and Wednesday, or Tuesday and Thursday, we have a joint practice with one or two teams. Uh, I think that'll be beneficial, uh, you know, to to kind of see where you are. Now, you can do whatever you want with the joint practices. You can make it, you know, all team period. You can do one-on-ones and 707 and all of that too. You can do like a scrimmage with fans or whatever. You you can do whatever you want with that, but you got to allow, you got to allow the coaches to kind of see what they have. You got a lot of players to kind of test themselves to see what's, what's up because it's tough when you go into a – especially with the 14 playoff, because you lose one game, that may be it. Uh, so it's like Ohio State and Notre Dame last year. Ohio State ended up edging them out. But mm-hmm. if Ohio State goes into that game and take an L, and then you take an L against Michigan, it's a wrap for you. Or you don't take an L against Michigan and some things happen where you still don't get into the playoffs because you get you didn't get a chance to kind of iron out the kinks to kind of shake things up to see what you got. So I think they got to do something about they They have to do something. You know, and I even heard Deion Sanders was saying that they should have in the offseason where you can do seven on sevens with other teams. Now, that I don't think that'll ever happen, uh, no. at least not, not in the near future. But uh, they should have stuff where you can, you know, maybe in the spring, once in the spring and once in fall camp, you can have a joint practice, a.k.a. scrimmage, a.k.a. whatever you want it to be, and you can give teams a chance to kind of shake that thing out. Now, Hugh Freeze was talking Alabama versus Troy or UAB. I, I, if I'm Troy UAB, why would I do? Why, why would I do that? Why would I put my team in that situation and just kill our confidence like that? You know, if I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm not doing that. And they and and Troy was like Troy coach was like he would do it. Yeah, Summerall. Yeah, Summerall. yeah. Shout out to Summerall, but man, you'd be fool to do that. You know, not against Bama. You may do it against Auburn. I'm not probably, doing beat, probably beat Auburn. Yeah, you but... may you may have a chance against Auburn, but you ain't. You may not come out of there healthy. You know. Yeah, that's the yeah. one thing that worry that concerns me is the guys are going to be so amped up and they're going to get hurt. Yeah, you're gonna have. Yeah, you're gonna. You're definitely gonna have an injury or two, uh, or three or four or five. But you know, it's just it's one of those things, man. But I I much rather have a controlled scrimmage or controlled practice, a joint practice, where we're not taking the quarterback to the ground. Even a joint practice where we're not taking anybody to the ground, which is hard mm. to do in college. Kids mm. is gonna because they're gonna get competitive and they're gonna tackle each other. Uh, and and when you do that, it's gonna get it's gonna be like the DeAndre Hopkins and uh and that D'Angelo Hall fight from a few years ago with that joint practice. You know you you gonna have you gonna have that. You know what I'm saying? So I, they got they gotta allow teams to test the waters though. You gotta allow teams to get some type of scrimmage in. So you know, long story short, I'm all for it. And AG man, you were talking what the uh the Florida spring game and what Arch Banning struggling in the Texas spring game. <laughs> there was some of the things that caught 
Uh, uh, too great. Yeah, I think I. I mean, Arch Manning is a true freshman, man. I, it doesn't matter what your status is, who you're related to. You're, you're, Jesus, he's a true freshman. He'll be fine. And Quinn Ewers is a pretty damn good quarterback. And you know, you look at the draft boards. It's you know, Caleb Williams. I think is uh going to be the number one pick next year, unless something goes really wrong. Uh, but I mean, Quinn Ewers is going to be in that discussion to be the second one. So, uh, uh yeah, I, I wouldn't be panicked if I, I mean, Texas, man, they gotta, this gotta be their year, right? Last one in the big 12 before you head into the sec, your roster is absolutely loaded. You know, the big 12, we were kind of just talking about it. It's not very top heavy. There are some teams that are either rebuilding or just kind of in that in-between stage. I mean, their biggest threats in the big 12 might be Oklahoma, maybe, and then Kansas state, like. And TCU, if they have another good year, it's just not it's not what it usually is in the Big Twelve. So, you know, they gotta they gotta take advantage, get to the playoffs this year. If you ask me, do they? I don't. I don't think they're going. No, I don't think they will. I think they can with the roster, but man, it's Texas, man. They just they find a way to screw it up. And I haven't looked at what they're. I honestly, off the top of my head, let's see what they're. They have to go to Tuscaloosa. So good luck with that. Yeah, turn game. So you go to Tuscaloosa, uh, your other non-conference is Rice and Wyoming, so you got to feel pretty good about those. And then, uh, you know, they add BYU, but that game's in Austin. They'll get to go to Houston. So, you know, it's a little bit of a different Big 12. So it's going to be really fascinating. But, man, if just looking at their schedule, with their talent, their only loss should be Alabama. The key word there, though, is should be. So yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, Texas is one of those teams I, I'll never bet on, man. I, I just no. I don't know what's going on there, but I hope Wyoming beat them. I have a kid that I used to coach that plays for Wyoming, transfer from Michigan State, so I hope Wyoming beat them. They've had I, some damn good teams. Uh, yeah, I hope they beat them at Texas. Uh, so that'd be, <laughs> that'll be fun to see. But um, that'd be happy or App State all over again. Yeah, now, now if yeah. if I really do believe that if Texas goes nine and three this year, administration is reconsidering. The higher, um, this yep. is the, this is the probably the best roster Texas had in a few years. You know, I mean, you, I mean, from top to bottom, they have six legit starters at receivers. It was the, the receiver spot. They're four deep at running back. They're uh, three deep at quarterback. <laughs> legit three deep. Malik Murphy man had the best day at quarterback. Yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, so I, I may, exp- I mean, I may, you know, I won't be surprised if I see his name on the transfer portal. Um, you know, so. Look, they you know it's Texas, so like I said, they'll they'll slip up to a, a freaking Baylor or somebody, somebody, Iowa State, somebody. Kansas, lost to Kansas a couple of years ago. Iowa State on the Iowa road State at night. State on the road. Yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a game. And Kansas is, you know, Kansas tried to come up for the first half of last year. It's not the same. Well, Kansas beat them in Austin a couple of years not ago. The same old Kansas, so you know. Wow, and Kansas State had a great team last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, it, it it's. It's tough. Like I said, I'm actually, I'm really excited for this season because I think, like I said, I think a lot of teams are gonna, or a lot of schools are gonna get, you know, it's gonna be a lot of attrition. It's just so much parity. You know, just so many teams beating up on each other, especially in the, the Pac-12 and the SEC. You know, I think I think Michigan or Ohio, or Ohio State comes out of the Big Ten. Um, you know, I really do believe that, and they'll, they'll, one of those two will be in the playoffs, in my opinion. Um, out with with the uh, with the SEC, man, because um, I think you know you can say Georgia, but like I said, Georgia, you know, 
when you win two in a row, you know, it's, it's like that third one is just extremely hard to get. So something, something's going to happen where Georgia takes an L. Tennessee got to replace some guys. Uh, you know, it's just Bama. You know, some people are saying, you know, the, the diehard Bama fans are saying this may be Bama's worst team in the Nick Saban era uh, or since 2010, which I don't believe that, but that's what they're saying. So you just never know. LSU is primed for a good year. They got a good team coming back. Um, you know, I don't think Mississippi State or Ole Miss is going to do any, make any noise. Texas a and I don't know if they'll make any noise, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. You know, I'm anxious to see it because I think you're going to get some upsets, some big-time upsets uh, this year. So it'll be fun. And the Florida spring game, everybody's outside of Gainesville. It's kind of talking about it. Uh, before we start recording, I saw a clip. Joe DeLeon, who we had on here, um, who's on Believe. He's doing the show with Blake Rafino, who does the LSU show, Are You Serious? And they were talking about it. And uh, Florida yeah. doesn't hit the podcast, be aggressively hit the podcast. I mean, hit the portal. Hit the, <laughs> hit the, hit the transfer portal. What are they going to do? Got to yeah. get somebody because Graham Mertz ain't that guy. Or, you know, and you said the same thing. So yeah. who will be available if everybody is looking at them and saying, you know that staff, yeah. you know that staff who sees it every day, it's got to be like, Ugh. so. Yeah, and it's really, <laughs> it's tough, man, because, I mean, I really thought there would be a lot more quarterbacks, uh, and there it hasn't happened yet, and it still can. I mean, well, we got another week and a half till uh, anything happens, but uh, it's been very, very slow on the quarterback front, and really no one – no one that I've necessarily heard of, uh, which is probably uh, I feel like I've and Jalen, I don't know if I'm missing anyone, but uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the one to watch is if any of those Georgia quarterbacks hop in or Ohio State quarterbacks hop in that like don't win their job. I mean, I know that was one that Kentucky was watching very closely uh, during the offseason and then none of those guys ever popped. But uh Right now, man, there's slim pickings for Florida, Auburn, or any team that needs a quarterback. Yeah, one of Georgia's quarterbacks is going to hop in. Uh, I think Van Griff probably is the one. Yeah, and if he does, I expect Auburn to swoop him up uh, and, and, and grab him. Auburn Kentucky will push too. I'm telling you that, by the way. Yeah, yeah, they they probably will. Uh, but I I expect Auburn to grab him. But I just think what Auburn does, it'll be close. You know, he's not he, Van Griff, not uh, from city that far from here no right so um auburn would make sense and i, I think auburn's style of offense you know they, they hired philip montgomery who was at baylor when that thing yep. was really rolling back in like you know 12 13 14 so uh you know what they do on offense is really exciting quarterbacks usually stat it up pretty well um the freeze has a has a, a history with you know having quarterbacks who may not be as good play really well uh, you know so we'll see I think I think it'll be interesting to see what happens but I do think you know one of those guys at Georgia is going to hit the portal the starter at Georgia looked really really good in the spring game he looked super in command I mean he made all the right plays he made all the right yeah. throws uh, looked under control managed the operation well distributed the ball well um, so I thought I thought that looked really good um so we'll see, man. You know, Florida, Florida desperately needs somebody. I'm sure. Um, you know, Auburn's going to need somebody. So 
I don't know what the Kentucky thing. I don't know exactly what's going to happen with that. Yeah, it won't be as attractive. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, because Kentucky, Kentucky's in a situation where I'm interested to see what happens. Because I, I always, always believe that one of those guys is going to hit the portal uh, at Kentucky. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. You know, we'll see. I just think I just think it's going to be uh, kind of like a waiting game in the next few days. Yeah, and I think, you know, this is going to probably finally be the offseason where you see Kentucky at a quarterback through the high school market. Or not offseason, but side, signing. I think, you know, there's been a lot of smoke, a lot of predictions out there that Cutter Bowley uh, is going to commit any day now, and I think that's going to happen, and there's a good chance he's going to be a reclass guy to 24. So I think we're finally going to be able to talk about a high school quarterback, uh, which is exciting. But, uh, I, look, if they don't feel like any, I, there's no – I mean – and the SEC, <laughs> the Cutter Bully's not going to start next year. So if they don't feel 100% confident in the guys they already have, they're going to add a portal guy either, you know, before this season or they're going to do what they did with Leary again. Um, so it's going to be – it's really interesting whenever you're talking to quarterbacks. But uh, I'm just surprised that as of April 19th, we have not seen um, much going on quarterback portal-wise. Yeah. Any day now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe any month, but it's going to happen. I mean, the Liam Cohen effect is real on that one. Mm-hmm. And that's, that should be comforting that they have him and, and, and all his connections and, you know, guys he knows or in his eye. We saw it work with Levis. Assuming he stays healthy, it's probably going to work out with Larry. You know, he's still got to get used yeah. to, like, 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 uh, you know, the plaques and stuff and turning you back to defense. How turning weird back. is yep. that for him, Jalen, for a dude, if, you, if you've never done it, you know, guys now never taking snaps on the center, never turn you back to the defense, stuff that used to be just part of it. But, yeah. you know, it, certain yeah. offenses, you never do it. So how odd is that for him, even though he's an yeah. older guy? Yeah, if, he, if he's never done it, it, it takes a couple months to get used to it. Um I won't say a couple months. It takes a little, a couple weeks to get. I mean, you know, if you if you can play, you can play. You'll adapt to it. So uh, I'm sure he's already adapted, really. Um, but it's a, it's the reason why you know I believe you know the quarterbacks that I come in contact with that I have the opportunity to train. We we learn how to do it because I don't want I don't want them to get to a situation where you know they get to college and they've never done it. I hate that. So uh, you know we had the kid that plays at Tennessee now, Gaston Moore. By the way, yeah. had an outstanding spring game. Uh, Saturday um, definitely was the most impressive quarterback on the field for them. But I think, uh, you know, we did it a little bit his senior year. Uh, and honestly, we didn't do it enough because he threw a touch. The first game of the year, he threw a, threw a touchdown on it, turned us back to his defense. Now he was a little bit late on the throw because it get, it get, I mean, it's a, it don't like when, from a fan perspective, obviously y'all know, cause y'all watch the game and kind of like really look at it. But from the average person who just watched football they don't never think about it but you're really turning your back to the defense and trying to get your back or trying to get your eyes back a lot can change teams go from too high to one high you know one high to no high two high to no high right they can do a lot of stuff behind your back in that split second that's your turn so uh that's a, that's an argument but another argument the flip side of that is some people may believe that it's a little bit easier to play from under center because when i'm taking a three-step drop from under center or a five-step drop or, or seven-step drop my eyes never leave the defense because my eyes are up when I take the snap. In shotgun, 
I got to look down for the ball, right? So I can get the, I can get a viper or outside linebacker off the edge blitzing, and I could be hot right now. And you know that split second of me looking down to catch the ball, um, you know, can make me late or can get me sacked. You know, depending on how quick I am with my feet and my hands. So, you know, there, there's a lot to it. There's kind of two arguments to it. But yes, play action wise, it is an acquired taste. It takes a little bit to get used to it because. Uh, a lot can change. You got to be really disciplined with your eyes. You got to be really, um, you know, really intentional and sharp with what you're seeing. So, you know, but like I said, a guy like a guy like Leary, you know, my my theory is he's so talented. He's so experienced. He's been playing quarterback for so long. He's probably already adapted in just spring practice. So I think he'll be fine. Is that the first place you look when you turn back is where the safeties were or still are? Or Well, yeah, usually depending on the concept, but definitely – you know, I remember <laughs> this is a cool story for you. I remember uh Max got hurt against South Carolina my freshman year. And I was, you know, I was warming up like, oh sh-. Like, you know, this is my first <laughs> game of me really gotta play. And it, I mean South Carolina in 2013 or 2012 was like ranked fourth or fifth when we were playing them. Uh Jadavion Clowney on one side, I forgot the other guy's name oh on the other my side. Gosh. Um, you know, they had a legit, they had DJ Swearinger. I mean, they had a legit squad you know running back was uh uh what's his name they got hurt that hurt his knee that time oh uh, uh marcus marcus Lattimore. Yeah. running back was marcus Lattimore. Connor yeah. Shaw, i mean they had a squad connor Shaw's quarterback mm-hmm. um and i remember morgan one of the things he said to me was i don't even know if he remember this he was like bro just find the safeties and that <laughs> that'll tell you the story you know that'll tell you what's going on especially the boundary safety or the weak side safety so if I got one by three, one receiver to the left, three receivers to the right, the safety to the left, if it's too high, wherever he is, he's going to give you a good indicator of what's going on. Um, you know, so if you can find that guy and know where the safeties are, you can, you can you know, kind of get a good feel of what's going to happen and kind of, you know, I always tell my quarterbacks, if you can make a good decision pre-snap, it, it tends to lead to better decisions post-snap. Mm. So um, if you can do that, you know, it helps. So, like I said, you know, with Leary, man, I just don't, you know, I don't see it being an issue. I think he's so savvy. He's so smooth with what he's doing. I think he'll be good. Good to know. Good to know. That's why so, you know, it's, it's, it's comforting to, to have a guy like Liam Cohen for as long yeah. as he's going to yeah. be around for this this second time around, so yeah, I that, hope so. <laughs> I think he should. In my opinion, I'm not. I'm not in the room. I'm not in the meetings. I'm on the staff. I think that should uh, calm a lot of calm, uh, you know, nervousness or smooth over a lot of potential warts or whatever you want to call it. You know, just yeah. having him back. You know. Yeah, I he, agree. He, he's one of those guys. At least seem to be. Um, seem to be one of those guys that. You know that can, you know, get the quarterbacks where they need to where they need to be mentally. Because at the end of the day, quarterback is a confidence position. If you if things are going well around you, uh, you know, guys are doing their job around you, you tend to have more success. I mean, it is what it is. When things aren't going <laughs> aren't going well around you, you got to put it all on your back and you got to do more physically. Uh, which you know, some guys have that ability to do it physically. Some guys don't. Mentally, some guys have it, some guys don't. So, you know, if he can get the offensive line to play, you know, have way decent, I think the scheme is so good 
and their weapons on the perimeter are so good, and we expect running back one to be so good that um, you know it'll it'll kind of even itself out, balance itself out. Where he get you know he give them a chance to win those games. But at the end of the day, you know you got to have dominant O line play to beat the teams that you want to beat. Uh, in my opinion, so you know quarterback is one thing, but if that O line is dominant, you know you got a chance any game. Yep. Last year was a perfect example of what you're talking mm-hmm. about. I mean, not for the good reasons, for the wrong for the wrong reasons that got yeah. things sideways. You know, you said it's confidence position mm-hmm. and guys doing their thing around you, and we didn't see that at all yeah. for most of the year on that up front. Yeah. No. No, it was brutal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, they gave it the most sacks in all of Power Five. I mean, why do you think they are – making such a huge emphasis both in the portal and just in practice to get this thing right. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, if they – the offensive line is just a little better. You know, you win the Ole Miss game for sure because that sack is never – the play on Levis is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, y- y- you might win the South Carolina game even without Levis. I mean, sure, Kyle Sharon was running for his life in that game. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't want to say – just because of the other offensive issues that they, they had, because they didn't, and a lot of it was O line related, but they didn't run the ball as good as usual. They didn't have Chris for four games. You know, Will was injured. So, but it's hard not to think they're not at least the nine win team last year with a better offensive line. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. I mean, I look at what's going on in the draft, uh, you know, and I see Bryce Stroud. Now they got Anthony Richardson. Most people were ahead of. Levis, and then Levis, and then Hooker. I tend Once. to believe. No, I tend to believe that Hooker. I believe Hooker's better than Anthony Richardson personally, um, but I also believe that they play on you know um, potential and you know just physical yeah. ability and the, the ceiling of them. But you know, if you get if you have way decent on offensive line last year, I mean, we're we're really looking at you know Levis probably being the first quarterback pick. And uh, you know, instead of ten picks and nineteen touchdowns, he probably got twenty-eight touchdowns and 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 four picks. You know, it's just it's that big of a deal. You know, it's that big of a deal up front. Yeah, and what's interesting though, lately, I don't know if you saw, but Vegas has Levis has the highest odds to be the second pick. I'm very, I'm cautiously optimistic for if I'm Will Levis about that one. Uh, what I, I will say though. I don't know if it's going to be Houston. I feel like Houston might be trading out of that spot. They don't seem enamored with these quarterbacks, and they got a defensive-minded coach. Well, maybe they'd go Will Anderson. I don't know. But I'd keep an eye on Tennessee, man. The Titans apparently – I mean, Mike Vrabel, the offensive coordinator, GM, they were all at the pro day. I know he went on the top 30 visit there. Uh, He's met with them a couple different times. Uh, I think t- I think Tennessee, if they're going to trade up, that that's the team to kind of watch. Uh, and if he falls, kind of like what the mocks have suggested, uh, Tampa Bay, uh, I could definitely see pulling the trigger there. And he's meant a lot with Minnesota too. Uh, but I, I don't think, you know, the reason I don't like the Minnesota thing for him would be I think Kirk probably still has two or three years left. And, they're you know, if they want a quarterback, it's someone who's going to sit. And Will's what? He's already 24 or going to be 24 by opening day. So – he's not a guy like Anthony Richardson with that you want to sit for too long. Now, Anthony Richardson, Jalen, do am I, you know, jaded because we sit there and watch Kentucky clamp him down <laughs> in the swamp? 
or is he deserving of all this? And look, I hope the boy does well. Hope to, hope he does well, but it's just hard for me to to see the hype. Or you know, is is it just one bad game, or is he is his potential really that astronomical? What's what's the deal, man? Yeah, the the potential is definitely astronomical. I think he has the highest ceiling of every. I mean, just. Physical capabilities, he has, he has the highest ceiling of every quarterback in the draft. But as we know, that don't mean much. He also has the lowest floor, in my opinion. Um, I think, you know, and I, I put out a tweet on my, you know, business page about this, but um, I think Will Levis has the second highest ceiling um, out of those guys and the second lowest floor. So, as a as a GM or a head coach or owner, when you're looking to draft, um, I have to draft highest ceiling because if that guy goes to somebody in my that I got to play, and he reached that ceiling, and we got to play his ass every year, that ain't good. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta yeah. you gotta. So I don't blame them when they like take guys like Anthony Richardson and and take a chance on those guys because. You have to. I mean, their ceiling is that high. Um, I think a guy like Hendon Hooker has a very high floor, but a very low ceiling. You know what I'm saying? So he's a guy that's tricky. So he's a guy that's going to, you know, play well structurally. He's a like a one, two, three, super structured guy who's going to play well from in the pocket. You know, decent athleticism. Doesn't make many plays off schedule. A guy like Bryce Young. You know, I think has a very high floor and a medium ceiling, you know, and I say medium ceiling because he's a guy who's going to be, you know, physically limited in the league, in my opinion. Like he he can I think he's the best quarterback in the draft, but, you know, I think he has some some limitations, uh, you know, with the size and potential strength that he can put on to make some of the, the wild throws that the, the Josh Allens and Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, those guys make. But he's the best quarterback in the draft, in my opinion. So it's really tricky. Anthony Richardson is a guy who, um, you know, you if you can get him, you got to take a chance on him because uh, he he's still kind of green at the end of the day, and you can kind of develop. And a lot of coaches are really confident in their ability to develop people, so they think they can develop him. And who knows, man, he may have a great career because his. I mean, like I said, the potential is there. Very true. Very true. What else did we get, man? We we covered everything. We missing something? We... I don't think so. It's been like I was kind of alluding to. It's been a little quieter in the portal than I thought it would. Maybe, like Jalen said, there's some spring games wrapping up, and maybe you know when guys hop in, there's they see some of the opportunities out there. You also still have until the 30th, so maybe some conversations haven't been had yet. Um, but you know, at this point last year, Kentucky I think had already lost three guys, and right now, only one. So, uh, and you know, it wasn't a guy. It wasn't Andre Stewart, just to quickly hit on him. He was a pretty highly recruited guy, a guy that they really liked coming out of high school. But, you know, that's this day and age, right? He red shirts last year. Uh, he wasn't really going to factor into the cornerback room this year. And he's hitting the portal looking to play play more, kind of very similar to, you know, what Jacoby Albert, the young DB, did. Uh, he was here last year, played a little bit, didn't feel like he was going to have a big role, hit the portal, goes to Mississippi State. So I think Stewart's a guy who's going to land, I don't know about in the SEC, but land in Power 5. Uh, but, you know, it's a, it's a tough loss from a developmental piece, but 
it's not going to really impact this team that much. Good stuff, y'all. Good stuff. As always, each episode is on Believe.com. Subscribe, rate, review. If you want to promote your business or product, go to Believe.com slash advertise and holler at them. And you can hear us or someone designated by the network to promote your business or product on this podcast. So feel free to reach out and do that as well. Feel free to tune back in and listen to AG, Jalen, and myself next week. We'll be one day away from NFL Draft. Get to see where Will Levis is about to go. It'll be NFL Draft Eve. So uh, he's surging up the mock drafts and all that stuff right now this week. And right now, everybody's talking out of both sides of their mouth. You're trying to act like you ain't going to do this when you know you're going to do that and trying to throw all the curveballs to the other teams and throw these smoke screens about, oh, we hate this dude. We're knowing good well. That's who you want. It's it's all that kind of stuff going on right now. It's crazy. I'm sure we'll talk about it more next week with it being a day away. But, man, like this – usually usually you can – I don't know what video is playing right now. But um, usually you can, like, pretty well mock. Not the, I wouldn't say the whole first round, but like the top 15, you could probably go 12 or 15. Uh, you know, this year, I don't know. I mean, I think Bryce Young's going number one. And then after that, I don't know. <laughs> so it's going to be, it's, it's going to be fun. Kind of like the NCAA tournament bracket. Same thing. Oh, just, yeah. just have no idea. Man. This year's, I mean, who know? <laughs> I'm trying to think back to last year because I feel like last year had some questions and a little unpredictability but like 2021 like we all knew that the top three were going to be quarterbacks and we knew it was going to be Wilson going to we knew Lawrence was going to go to Jacksonville from the day then you know whoever had the number one pick was and we knew that three was either going to be Mac or Lance it was just which one and chalk kind of held in that draft where I don't think I think this one's going to be all over the place and you might have a lot of trades early so uh, it's gonna I think it's gonna be a really fun one yeah I can see it like to see it. We're back to talk about all of it next week, man. Appreciate y'all fellas hopping on here. What we do each week. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Believe in Kentucky. Appreciate y'all listening. And we'll see y'all next time. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube